welcome to the Enhanced Living Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kruger. I believe that we all have within us the power to be everything that we are meant to be and so much more. This show is a weekly dose of practical and spiritual principles, strategies, tips, and ideas to help you grow into the best version of yourself. Here's to becoming exactly who you were meant to become. I've been called a human Swiss army knife because I'm a TV host, inspirational speaker and coach, live event MC and DJ, certified yoga and Ayurveda teacher, functional fitness enthusiast, author, husband, and dad with a voracious appetite for knowledge. And I'll be sharing real talks with successful people from all walks of life, spiritual teachers and masters and experts in many different fields. I'll also share my own perspective that I've gained from over 20 years of diligent meditation and spiritual work so we can all experience enhanced living. Are you ready to evolve? Let's do this. All right, welcome back to the show. I am so excited and I feel like I say this every time, but this episode today has me so, so stoked because the person I'm bringing on today is someone who's not only special in my life, but he is someone who seriously and majorly affects the life of my son. This person is the lead singer for In The Stars Band. He is an actor and voiceover artist. He is a martial artist extraordinaire. He is also a youth mentor and martial arts coach and teacher. He is one of the kindest, most upbeat, positive, and amazing human beings I have ever had the pleasure of knowing. Daxton Edwards is on the show with me today. Dax, thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Definitely my pleasure. Definitely my pleasure. I mean, you are, first of all, for my listeners right now, you you don't know Dax yet, but you're about to get to know him. He never has a frown on his face. I have known Dax for a few years now, and he is always just a gigantic ray of sunshine. You know, how some sometimes people say a little ray of sunshine. He is a gigantic, like, sunbeam. You can't be around Dax without, you know, just being in a good mood. So, Dax, I want to know, have you always been this upbeat and positive, or is it something that you've, you've created as a learned behavior? Oh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I would have to say it's a bit of both. I came from very humble beginnings, and I was always a very happy kid always very adventurous. You know, I was using my imagination. I loved to play and I still love to play. (laughs) So it's meaning I love to enjoy life, you know, and I've always wanted to enjoy life. But I found that I had a huge temper when I was a child because there's so many rules put in place when you're a child that say you can't enjoy life this way and you can't enjoy life this way. You have to do it this way. And I struggled with that. And, you know, now that I've dealt with learning what my humble beginnings were all about and and the reality of them, now, having gone through all of that, you know, and having a temper, I developed a temper when I was younger because I always wanted to do things my way. And, you know, life doesn't work that way. And so as I've gotten older and more mature, I've realized, okay, you are still that same person. Now you have to learn the why behind it. Why are you so happy? What what makes you happy? And how are you going to put a smile on your face today? And a, and, and a real smile at that. So, yeah, there's been a process of naturally being happy and then transcending through a weird time in my adult life and then getting back to that happiness, recapturing it, if you will. So, so it's a natural disposition then. So it's really like your natural way of being, like take all the stuff away from life and Dax is happy. 
Because some Absolutely. people, yeah, I mean, some people, you know, you can tell them. I, I and for me, the the word that I have for them, they're the Eeyores, like Eeyore from you know Winnie the Pooh. They're just always like, uh, you know, they you you hey, oh, how's yeah. it going? Well, and that's just their natural, like that's where they go because people like to commiserate with each other. But that's not that's not where you go at all. So now you just you there's there's a few things that I want to unpack from from just that little beginning part without even getting into the. The, the meat of it and the details. But you said that you developed a temper because of being told what to do and how to be as opposed to just being who you are and what you want to be. Can we unpack that a little bit? Like, give me a couple of examples of places where you wanted to kind of, you know, move into, but you were forced into a different direction that caused that that disconnect and that anger. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There, there was, you know, coming up, I had four brothers. I had four brothers and no sisters. And it was, uh, it was, needless to say, tough on my parents. <laughs> we, we were hard boys to deal with. We were very tough boys to deal with. And we all have big personalities. Well, you know, we're all different. So it's growing up in the countryside with a bunch of country boys. It's like not okay to run around in the fields and pretend like you're fighting off ninjas. <laughs> okay? It's, it's odd. It's odd to kick trees, to kick trees, because people would go through our neighborhood and they go, hey, I saw that Daki kid. He was out there because everybody called me Daki when I was a kid. They, all my family, they still call me Daki. And so it's like, <laughs> it's like, Daki was out there kicking those trees, man. He was out there. He was kicking trees. What's wrong with him? And I'm, I'm like, I'm using my imagination. I'm playing. I'm having fun. But to <laughs> them, it was like, no, you should be in the backyard with us playing football. You shouldn't be out there picking flowers. You shouldn't be fighting imaginary ninjas. And so when people talked enough, it was like my mom and my dad, they kind of wanted to put a, a clamp on it and say, hey, you know, don't do that. You know, you shouldn't be doing karate. You know, you shouldn't be doing martial arts. It's, you've never taken a class before. You don't, you don't really know what you're doing. So, <laughs> and everybody's talking about you. <laughs> And so I was like, well, no, but this is what I want to do. I was always interested in something that was completely kind of off the wall to my family members because I grew up in an area where it was almost like a village. You know, everybody that lived in my neighborhood was a relative. There was no, everybody was a relative. And I couldn't walk, probably couldn't even walk a mile in either direction without being near a relative. That's how, that's how it was. So when people would talk, everybody felt comfortable with just saying, oh, I saw Decky out there in the creek this weekend. He was swimming, he was playing around the creek and he was swimming in the pond. You might want to tell him not to get in there. Old man Tucker doesn't want him in the pond. <laughs> but it was great growing up in the countryside. So it was, I know that's not the answer you probably expected, but that was one of the, that was some of the things, yeah. No, it's funny because I really do think that that's, that's, that's a legitimate thing. I mean, you know, when you grow up in a small town where everybody knows who you are, it's very hard to break free from this conceived notion or preconceived notion of who you should be and who you are in that moment too. Because as we grow, we change, we evolve, we become different versions of ourselves and have the freedom to do that, right? You either have to have the extreme confidence to not care what other people are thinking or you have to have the permission of those around you if you don't have that confidence, because that's what you're going to seek. And most of the time, people are not comfortable with change. And so they're going to want to keep you in a little box. Like, like you're saying right now, they didn't want you doing the martial arts because you should be playing sports instead. 
did that factor into moving away as you got older? It did. When I was growing up, there was I decided at a very early age that that martial arts was huge to me. I loved when I the first time I saw Bruce Lee, and I, I think I saw Bruce Lee. I saw a Hercules film. I can't even remember which one it was. And to me, it was Bruce Lee and it was Hercules <laughs> that I wanted to be like because they were over the top, super powerful, super strong people. And then it became Superman. And then it became, but as I matured, I realized what I loved about this was not so much that those characters, I wanted to be strong like those characters, but I also realized how much that I love entertainment. And I knew from a very early age, I I want to entertain. Like I want to be a part of making people feel the way I feel right now. When I watch Superman save a bunch of people, or when I watch Bruce Lee take out all the bad guys, like that feeling that I got, I absolutely fell in love with that. And I was like, I want to be in the movies. I want to be on TV. I want to do these exciting things and make people feel excited like that. You know, so you couldn't, when I was growing up, people always said, well, you don't live in Hollywood, so you can't do that out here. And that was always a big one. You can't do that in Cartersville, Georgia. It was like, okay, well, then I'm going to move to California then. (laughs) If I have to do it in Hollywood, I'll go to Hollywood. And everybody was like, you can't go way out there. That's far. That's it. At the time, no one, very few people in my family had ever even traveled outside of Georgia. I mean, because that's where I was born and raised. Hadn't even crossed the Georgia state line. And so they thought that it was the craziest thing in the world for me to drive across the country and live in California. And it was terrifying to me because I was afraid to drive to Atlanta and I only lived 25, 30 minutes away. I I just didn't like driving on the freeway, but it was worth it to me to drive all the way across the country. That's how bad I wanted. That's how much I wanted to do entertainment. That's amazing. I mean, that's just a testament to, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. So you left home, you drove across the country. And when did you figure out that you could sing? Because obviously from a young age, you knew martial arts was in your blood. You are now a, I don't know what degree black belt you are, but I know that you are not someone that anyone wants to find themselves on the wrong side of good with, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like don't, don't be disrespecting anybody that just don't disrespect Dax. Okay. First of all, you never would (laughs) because he's the kindest individual you'll ever know. But, but at the end of the day, this is a man who knows how to do some amazing things with these crazy weapons and uh, those weapons are also his fists and feet. So when did you know that you could <laughs> sing? Because obviously martial arts was in there always, but but we haven't heard anything about the singing. And you're in a band that's that's doing some really good things too. Oh, well, there's a story there too. I am not what you would call naturally gifted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. And it's just, it, but I'm not angry about that. And I'm not frustrated about that. I was at one point. I used to sing in the choir at school. So in fourth grade, we had a choice. Every student had a choice. When actually the, you know, those schools supported music programs, he says, you can join the band or you can join chorus. So my mom, I asked my mom about it. And she said, if you join the band, she goes, that means I have to get you an instrument. You're going to be here playing it and you're going to be noisy and I'm going to have to limit your time. And I don't really want to hear it. She said, 
But if you join chorus, I'll buy you a piano. Oh. And I said, well, I don't want a piano. I'll just join chorus. <laughs> I was like, I'm never going to get caught playing a piano. That's what I told her. And, um, you know, I begged for years for her to get me a guitar. She always wanted to get me a piano. And I hate that I kept telling her no. She was willing to invest in a piano, nothing else. And, oh, I wish I would have done it. I wish I would. I, such a magical instrument. But when I started singing in the choir, my chorus teacher would always say, I can see in your eyes you have a lot of passion. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and there you have it. And I was like, okay, good. And so I realized after a while, some of the students that were very gifted, some of them were famous actors now, which is weird, came from my, my, my school, said, hey, you know, you're very, very pitchy. You can't, you know, you can't really sing on pitch. I didn't really even know what that meant. I just knew that I loved singing. <laughs> so when I finally learned what that me meant, I asked my chorus teacher, Mr. Charles Nelson, love him, super awesome guy. I still just really look up to him. I was in, I was in uh, sixth grade and I said, how can I get better at my singing? I want to be able to sing. And he goes, you just need to listen. Just listen more. Listen to the sounds that are around you. That's the music that's being played. You just, you're so excited to sing. Just listen. Just listen. And then sing with the music helped me so much, still helps me today. As a matter of fact, I was in the studio a couple of months ago thinking about Mr. Nelson. And that was, he told me that when I was in the sixth grade, but I was in the studio recording a song that's about to come out at the end of the month, our first worldwide release, thinking about my sixth grade. And he said, just listen to the music and then sing with it. You gotta listen to the music, you gotta work with it. And that made so much sense to me. And um, it, took a it took a long time to really hone in pitch because I was doing choral music. And then when I started doing secular music, the rules change. So it took me several years of finding out, oh, I can't sing secular music the way I sing choral music now because I got to change the way I move my mouth and the way I, the way I resonate. And so that was a big, long journey. Long story short, that was a long journey of about Four years learning how to sing voice to men and learning how to sing and sync and learning how to sing then rock and roll and then learning how to sing blues. So everything is different, but everything is magical when it comes to music. So I can sing, when people hear me sing now, they go, wow. But what I realized is I had to stop looking at it as work. And I had, I said, it's something that I enjoy. So I should be doing it and focusing on it every single day. And if I want to give back with it, I need to put awesomeness into it in order for it to sound awesome to somebody else. I love so that's that. That's how I got here. <laughs> that's that's a really fantastic story. I mean, first of all, I just I have to call out the you have so much passion in your eyes. Like that's like the easy way to say to someone or the nice, kind way to say, <laughs> hey, yeah, you maybe shouldn't sing. At my wedding, I decided to sing to my wife and I had her her dad play guitar for me. And I don't know if I've actually ever told this story on the show before, but I was just, it was a song, it, it was a song that she loved and I decided I was going to sing it, even though I had no business doing anything of the sort. It was <laughs> totally outside my range. I'm not, I'm not a singer by any stretch, but there are certain things that I can carry. Like I can, I can match a pitch and I can sing to certain ranges, very small range, but 
I can. This was completely on the outside. And so needless <laughs> to say, there was not a dry eye in the house at night when I sang. And it's not because I was good. It was it was because it was very, very bad. But it was it was sweet, as everyone said. And then and then she ended up singing to me afterwards. And it was almost like, well, no, 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 this is how it's done. And I was like, OK, so. The point is, is that I had lots of passion in my eyes when I sang to my wife. <laughs> um, the difference between the two of us, of course, is that I never, I never pursued it. I never tried to become better at it because it just, you know, it wasn't my path. But I want to touch on the fact that you said your sixth grade music teacher was the one who really impacted your life in such a way where had he not given that guidance, you would not be leading a band right now. You'd be in a, in a very different spot. And so... This kind of makes me want to pivot, and I I wanted to get into the you know the martial arts instruction later on in the interview, but I just think this is such a great segue because it touches on the fact that we all have these people in our lives who affect massive change, and sometimes they don't know the effect that they've had. Like I wonder if your sixth grade music teacher even knows the effect that he's had on your life that you still think about him to this day when you're in the studio recording going, it's his advice that helped me get to where I am right now. And I look at the person that you are, Dax, and you you have all these amazing things going for you. And I don't know that you realize the impact that you're having on the kids' lives that you're teaching every single day. Now, just for posterity's sake, this interview is being held in the throes of, of COVID in the middle of the pandemic. So the classes are still happening online. Dax is a constant fixture in our home four days a week on Zoom, teaching our son martial arts. And he is a godsend. But more so than that, you are affecting children. I don't know that you realize the impact that you're having. So the question is double. One, do you think that your sixth grade music teacher knows the impact he had on your life? And two, do you realize the impact you're having on, on the kids that you're teaching today? So the first question, I did not know that. I did not know my course teacher didn't know. He didn't know. And he didn't know that he had such an impact on me because he always thought that because I was, I was kind of a wild card because I was into so many different things. But he, did, he never knew I was going to pursue music. I never said, I'm going to be a singer one day. I'm going to be an entertainer one day. Because he ran our theater group, too. And I never said, I'm doing this so one day I can be that. You know, and I, and I contacted him three months ago. And I said, hey, you know, I have a, a song, you know, a song that's going to be coming out. And it's going to be followed up by an EP and a really cool music video. That's rock and roll. But, <laughs> but I just, you know, I want you to know that when I accept my award at the Grammys, I will be mentioning you. And he goes, are you going to take it that far? And I said, that's the plan. I said, and I will be mentioning you and how much I appreciate everything you've done for me. And he just went to tears. And to me, it's like, but you're, he was so stern and so attentive that I assumed that he knew. You know what I mean? He was so in tune with when it came to teaching music and he was very, very you know, assertive and, and attentive to all the details. And he always excelled. So my thought was he knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know. But now that you mentioned that about do I know whether I have the impact? Do I understand the impact or the degree of impact that I have on my students? I hope all the time, but I don't, hearing you say that to me makes me feel like 
I have a pretty big impact on them. You know, it really does. Hearing it from someone else, yeah, I feel that way. But um, I, I typically don't go there in my own head because it's something I want to constantly give back my entire life. One thing that scares me, Adam, is complacency. Mm. And I have to be careful with making sure that I stay on top of my game. And if I'm tired or I'm teaching, I have the flu and I know that I have to go in and get 100%. So that at the end of the day, I hope it all collects in their minds and they go, I remember when Coach Dax told me to do this. I remember when Coach Dax told me to do this. But sometimes I don't let myself think that I'm having that impact. And um, I hope I am. Well, I wanted to remind you today that you are. I don't know the extent of it. And I don't know that I will know the extent of it until, you know, my son grows up. Because, you know, we, we're shaped by our experiences as we grow. And I, I wanted to touch on this because I just think it's such a wonderful thing that you're doing. Because the fact of the matter is, is that you're succeeding in your entertainment endeavors. That's happening. But at the same time, you're also you're also teaching kids to be confident and and self-confident with their bodies and their minds through discipline and through the ability to defend themselves. You teach them to be kind to each other. You teach them respect. You teach them to drive. You teach them not to give up when they have to do the different forms with, I mean, look, for my listeners right now, you know, my son is going to be nine. He's not even nine yet. And he's working with two sets of nunchucks because that's the weapon that they're using now. Is it easy? No. Does he whack himself in the shoulder every so often and, and not like it? Yep. But he keeps going. He gets back up and he never wants to let Coach Dax down. So I just, from that perspective, what I want you to understand is you're teaching kids self-respect and discipline and drive and this passion to not quit. And that is such a, such an, and obviously parents have to double down on that and they have to be along for the ride. Not all parents are, and that's okay because, you know, everyone does the best that they can. But I wanted you to know that you're having such a huge impact. And and the reason I'm talking about this on the show is because I just think that so many people, they don't realize the impact that they have on those around them. And I think it's important to call out the fact that your attitude and the way that you look at things of, you know, not being complacent and wanting to give back at all times it has this ripple effect that expands so far beyond what you can possibly conceive of that I just, I wanted to call that out because I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact that you you have some voiceover projects coming up, which I don't know if you're allowed to talk about them yet. So if you're not, we don't have to we don't have to jump on that bandwagon today. But you you literally have your hands full with so many different things between coaching the kids, working with the band, working on on camera and, of course, behind the scenes. How do you manage all of it? I study a lot of people who have done so much more than I have. And when I get tired and I get burnt out, I'll go, okay, Bruce Lee did this, 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 and this, and this. Okay. That's way more than I've done. And, you know, he was dealing with excruciating back pain. He was dealing with, but he kept going because he knew what he, what he was getting out there was important. You know, it's, you look at somebody like David Goggins and you go, okay, physically, I can't say I'm tired. <laughs> You're looking at a guy who who lost over 160 pounds in a year and a half and has 
run more miles collectively than anybody in this world, has a pull-up record. And he was a guy who sat, who was overweight, sat on his couch, eating donuts, eating, you know, and that was one thing that played. He was, he was overweight and headed toward it. obesity. You saw the guy today. There's not a day that goes by. He doesn't run over two miles. So I try to study great minds and, and great achievers. I contact as many as I can, you know, and I talk to them. And that's always a good booth. You know, it's like, and I'll just straight up go on social media because to me, to me, to reach out to a, to someone that's 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 an, an overachiever, you know, and still working hard, still pushing. You go, you meet a billionaire that's still working, that's still working like they're poor. It's to me that's amazing because it's like you're doing it because you love it. You're doing it because you have a purpose, and I try to remind myself of that purpose. And that thing right there, when you find that purpose. You find the purpose and you go, okay, that, that feeling of, for me, it's over that, that joyous feeling that I get that I can't really even explain because it's, to me, entertainment is so amazing. You see the perfect movie, you know, you hear the perfect song and you just, ah, oh, just lights up your day. To me, it's like, that's what I want to put out there to people. And to me, yeah, one day I'll check out of this world and I'll be gone, but man. I'm going to make sure I completely tap out all that energy and use all that energy I got and see how much more reserves I can put in the tank and keep moving. So to me, that's exciting too. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm completely, I'm, I'm gassed out. I'm done. Where can I get some energy from? Where can Dax get some energy from? So that, that's how I, that's how I manage my brain. That's how I manage my physical body. It's, it's always that game of, Tap into some more energy. Let's go, let's go, let's go. What's the purpose? But the purpose does it. The purpose is what drives me. I think that's I think that's I think that's so profound. I, I have two things that I want to address from what you just said. And the first is what is your purpose? Like if you had to boil it down to one thing, I know that, you know, obviously, look, it's been said that life without the arts is not worth living. And to be honest, I think it's not even livable because we need to have the arts or help us it's it, living without the arts is like living without all the colors on the palette right that's what that's what paints the whole picture is the arts it helps you transports you it, it gives you that 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 escape from it expands the imagination so my question is wh where do you see like what is your purpose if you had to boil it down to like one sentence i know that's a that's a big question i know it's a big question yeah, but what would is. you say your purpose is <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you got me on this one. I would have to say, I would have to say my purpose is to live a life of absolute fulfillment. I think that's a great purpose. I think that while living that life, though, you are inspiring countless others. And I, I really, like I said, there's a ripple effect, Dax. And when you, when you walk into a room with that positive, upbeat energy, when no matter what's going on around you in the world, you're able to stay focused, you're, you're humble, you're happy, you're positive, you're always moving forward you are inspiring others to do the same thing. You're inviting them to do the same. I mean, that to me is, and I'm not saying that's your purpose. I'm saying while living your purpose, you are having that effect on others. And that's the whole thing. I think when you're in alignment, right, with your purpose, you can't help but affect others. Now- Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. 
And you you mentioned great achievers. You like to look at the great achievers and see what they're doing in order to, or what they think, or how they how they behave in order to keep their energy levels up. Is there a common thread that you've noticed between great achievers for what they do in order to keep themselves in alignment and on track? Yeah, they a great achievers. One thing I'll, I'll give an example, and and this is a streamline I see. Okay, I'll take three people. I'll take. Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. I'll take David Goggins, and I'll take, love these people or hate them, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. <laughs> I'll take these people. Michael Jackson, people said to him all the time, look, Michael, you can't do a music video like this. And you can't do a tour like this. You can't tour this part of the world. And he says, why? And I said, because no one's ever done it before. He says, that's why we have to do it. There are people over there who need to be entertained. Arnold Schwarzenegger said, Arnold Schwarzenegger said, what people said to him when he first went to an agency and they said to him, hey, look, you're coming in here telling us you're going to be a leading guy. You're not going to be a leading guy. He goes, look at you. You're gigantic. He goes, no leading men look like you. He goes, that's because you guys won't give them a chance. He goes, but if I don't, if, if you guys don't push me as a leading guy, I'm going to go find someone that, who will. He goes, I'm going to be a superstar one day. He goes, it'll be sad if you're not here with me when I do it. Yeah, no one's ever done that before, but that's why we have to do it. Mm-hmm. You take a David Goggins and they say, hey, you're not going to break the pull-up record. You know how long people have been trying to break the pull-up record? Do you know how many pull-ups you have to do in 24 hours? It's like 4,600 and something in 24 hours. And he was like, okay, well, first of all, somebody had to get that initial number, did they not? Well, yeah, they did, but no one's ever, you know how many people have tried to break it? He goes, well, I haven't tried yet. He goes, and somebody has to break that record. So to me, they have that common thread of no one's going to tell them that they can't achieve something. You know, and the list goes on. There's many other people that I study. That's the common thread. I mean, if you're trying to live a life of fulfillment, do you want to do the same thing that everybody else has done? Or do you want to break break through boundaries? To some people, that fulfillment comes from breaking through boundaries and doing new things and paving new ways for other people to go. That's fulfillment to them. You know, and it's like, I don't want to do the same thing everybody else did. I want to pave a new way so people see differently to me that's that's the common thread that's one of the common threads that i see in that's i i think that's so brilliant i i think that if i were to boil that down it's you know your your average human will go well why me but the super achievers go why not me why not me of course it's gonna be me let me absolutely and i think that's i think that's so valuable because i think as a as a human being who wants to achieve anything, if you don't have belief in yourself, how is anyone else going to believe in you? Right. So I want to talk real quick about, you know, because we've had conversations before in between about manifesting and bringing things into into existence. And, and I want to I want to delve into that beautiful airy, I don't want to call it airy fairy, but it, it, it it's not it's it's science. I want to delve into that scientific aspect of things of 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 manifesting and bringing things about. And I want you to talk to me a little bit about if you if you will, your stance on achieving through manifesting. 
Oh, wow. I mean, I, to me, achieving through manifesting, when I learned how, when I learned how the mind affects everything that goes on in your world and, and how it can play a major part in you either, to me, it plays a huge role. All right. You just said yourself, I'm a, I'm a great coach. I'm a great martial arts instructor. Well, you're a client there at Explosive Fitness. And when I went into there, I had never taught at the school before. And I said to myself, I said, okay, well, when I go in here, after I got the job, I said, I want to be one of the best martial arts instructors that this place has ever seen. I kept saying, I want, I want, I want. And I was having a tough time. And then I can't remember where I saw it. Or one of the books I was reading said something about choice. It's, it's, a, it's a little book called Leadership 101 that I, I read. I try to read it at least twice a month. It's a little quick read, awesome book. And it's the, the power of choice, the power of choice. Instead of saying, I want something, because when you constantly say you want something, there's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. That means you don't have it. Okay. But when you say, I choose, I choose, I choose to be the best instructor that this place has ever seen. I choose to be. Now, you might not know this. Well, you don't know this, but I say that before every single class, every single class. And coach, my boss even said to me, hey, Coach Rod even said, you're the best instructor the school's ever seen. <laughs> I've been using that a lot. Ever since I got to Explosive Fit, I've been, I choose, I choose to be a great entertainer. I choose to be the best at my field. I choose to affect people in a positive way. I choose to spread love all throughout the world. I choose. And everywhere I go, people even say to me, you know, my wife even says to me, why do all these homeless people feel, feel so comfortable coming up and having conversations with you? And I said, because I'm open to them and they feel it. Yeah, I'm not going to hurt them. I don't want to hurt them. If I don't have money to give them, I'm not going to give them money, but I'll give them a kind word. It's the power of choice. I choose magnificence. I choose love. I choose to be a part of this great power of entertainment. You know, that's what I choose. And I choose to be great. And so what that means, when I'm saying that every single day, what that means is what I call stinking thinking. When that comes into play, part of choosing to be great means you choose to ignore that. The the stinking thinking, the negative thoughts, you know, because those are in conflict with each other. So I kind of have to look at that and I don't just write it off. I don't just ignore it, but I look at it intellectually and I go, I see what's happening there. I can see it clearly now. And I choose not to be a part of it. I choose love. I choose magnificence. I choose greatness. And, you know, we talked earlier about being fulfilled. I don't think anyone's truly fulfilled unless people around them are being fulfilled by what they do. That to me, that's true, true, true fulfillment. I know a lot of people who take care of themselves. They're not happy people. If they just take care of themselves, they have a lot of money, they have things, but true fulfillment comes from exuding that happiness and that enjoyment and and, and understanding and enjoying when other people get to experience it too. That's 
A, brilliant, and B, amazing, and C, wonderful. And those are three adjectives that almost mean the exact same thing. But I, I just <laughs> I have to I have to say today, the date that we're recording this, because it's not the date that it's airing, but the day that we're recording this, it's October 23rd, and it's a Friday. And the episode that dropped today, which is a solo episode that I did talking about what true success is, and I said the exact same thing thing, which is success is what you can do for others, not what you do for yourself. It's how yes. can I be of service, not how can you serve me, you know? Yes. Um, and it, and it's, it's such a powerful thing, but I want to address real quick because you just said something that's so profound, which is that it's a choice. Now, people have said this all the time. It's not a new concept that, you know, you always have a choice. You can choose love. You can choose happiness. Happiness is an inside job. But when you actually apply that choice and instead of saying want, you say choose, it really flips the script. And what that does is it changes your energy pattern and it changes the way that you're looking at something because you're choosing it. You're not desiring it because you don't have it. You're choosing it, which means you have it. And it literally changes that focus. It shifts you into, oh no, this is great. This is what I chose. I've chosen this and this is where I'm where I am. And when you talk about stinking thinking, I actually literally just said it the other day. We were in the car and I, I mentioned it about something and 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 we so just so you know, it bled into our life because stinking oh, wow. thinking comes yeah, that comes from you. And we were talking about it and how it's not, you know, you don't want that. And so just so you know, the way that you talk, the way that you carry yourself, you are affecting lives just so you know. So you are successful. You are serving your community. And so it's just a beautiful thing. And I know that this has been a very much, very much me going, hey, you're amazing, but you are amazing. Otherwise you wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation <laughs> with me. So, because, because you are truly. But I wanted to say that, that, that being able to look at stinking thinking or the negative attitudes or the things that come in that just kind of really are, are self-destructive as opposed to self-serving, it requires a substantial amount of awareness. You have to be able to be aware of the thinking so that you can look at the thinking from that perspective as opposed to allowing the thinking to think you. So what do you do to stay aware? One of the things I say I, I, is self-talk. Now, self-talk is very, very important. Self-talk is very important. You know, <laughs> I remember when I first moved out here to California, I said, well, you know, I had never seen anybody that was kind of like destitute or anybody that was, you know, homeless out on the streets. You know, and you, you know, you see people yelling and maybe, you know, they have something going on with them, but, you know, they'll be yelling at a building or something like that, or they'll scream at you. I talked to my mom about it and she said, well, they're just out of work actors. And she used to say that to me. She goes, they're going over lines. And I, <laughs> and I was like, she goes, if you can't book a movie, she goes, you got to make your own up in your head. Right. But she said that. To, to make me feel, you know, a little more lighthearted about it because I was actually kind of nervous about it. But I find myself walking down the street. I, I walk a lot and I find myself, you know, people probably look at me that way too. They go, oh, he's one of those guys. But I talk to myself a lot. But really what I'm doing is I'm, I'm using self-talk. And the reason why is because we all have our challenges. I don't like the word problem. We all have our challenges. Challenges are different than problems. That goes, that's back in that book again, Leadership 101. You call a problem a problem, it's a problem. But if you call it a challenge, it's something that can you can overcome if you decide to. So challenges, we all have our challenges, and yours are different than mine. But when they come up, I have to talk to myself. You know, if it doesn't just hit my brain, I have to 
be aware that that challenge is there and have to go, okay, Dax, here's one of those situations. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right. This is that situation that you've talked about. You've seen it before. You've been there. Let's handle it differently this time. You know, and I do that when I'm teaching. I do that when I'm reading a script. I do that when I'm writing a song. I do that when I'm performing on stage because the goal is to make sure that we overcome those challenges and not keep repeating. And I've learned that when you self-talk, you can, it, it's, it's a little, sometimes it's a little easier to overcome it on a conscious level. People I follow, you know, Schwarzenegger talked about that. Goggins talks about that all the time, self-talk. Bruce Lee talked about self-talk, you know, talking himself out of doing, out of getting, getting over his extreme temper, you know, things like that. Okay, you're starting to feel that way, Bruce. Calm down. You got a temper. You need to calm down. All right. Here's that movie. You want to be your absolute best. You are the best. You are the best. You are the best person for this job. You're not any better than anybody else, but you're going to be your absolute best today. So I do a lot of that. And uh, that keeps me on point. I love that. I think, I think self-talk is so important. And I just, so many people, their self-talk is negative. So many people treat themselves so much worse than they treat others around them. And Absolutely. I just, I, I, yeah. And I, I implore all of you listening right now to start doing what Dax does, which is speak positively to yourself. Treat yourself with care. Don't don't treat yourself so badly because nobody treats you as badly as you do. That's the crazy thing is that we treat ourselves so much worse than anyone ever possibly could. And 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 as soon as someone starts to treat us worse than we treat ourselves, then we'll walk away because we won't we won't take it. But if you treat someone better than they treat themselves they will stick around for so long for yeah. forever really really that's 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 our threshold of what we're willing to put up with and we shouldn't be putting up with anything we should be having positive self-talk i think that's i think that's such a valuable lesson and with that i want to know if you had one tip of advice to give my listeners right now about how to live their lives enhanced and to come away with one specific thing that they could do on a daily basis to live better and and honestly i think you've said so many already at this point but if you had one that you wanted to single out what would that be I would say because of the times, because of the times, the, 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 the situation that we're living in, you know, going through quarantine, COVID, I don't think anybody in this country has, well, there's people who have gone through tougher times than us, you know, the, the, the older generation, but a lot of us, I, I, I've never gone through anything like this. And I know you're younger than I am, so you, you haven't gone through anything like this. So to, to me, to me, I would say on a daily basis, Ask yourself good questions. Mm -hmm. Whatever that means to you, ask yourself positive, uplifting, good, productive questions. There's always talk going on in your mind, whether you think your mind's working, whether you think it is or not. So you got to direct it. So I'll leave you with that. Control that thing between your ears. I, <laughs> Control I, I, that mind. I love that. I think that's amazing. I mean, the truth is, is we have over 60,000 thoughts a day that we don't even know about. I think we're, we, we know maybe, maybe like 4% of the thoughts that go through our heads. There's <laughs> 60,000 thoughts a day. Wow. And so to ask yourself positive questions, I think that's, I think that's beautiful. Like, Hey, is that thought even true? Hey, are you doing enough to take care of yourself today? Hey, am yeah. I am I happy right now? Hey, what can I do to make that person's life better? Those are those are amazing questions to ask yourself, I think personally, and I think that that's wonderful advice. 
Dax, tell me real quick, or actually don't tell me because I know, but tell my listeners real quick uh, <laughs> where where they can find you, where they, I mean, I know performing in, in person is not necessarily a thing happening, but you have a new single that's dropping followed by an EP. You have a lot of things going on. Where can people find you if they'd like to listen? And I highly recommend that they do. <laughs> you can find us on a Reverb Nation, any, any, any of those websites, if you do ReverbNation.com forward slash in the stars band, all one word, YouTube in the stars band, all one word. That's the name of my band is in the stars. There's a lot more stuff that's going to be coming out. If you are following our YouTube and you're following our reverb nation, if you're following the YouTube, you'll get everything. So I'd say youtube.com or just search in the stars band, all one word. It'll pop up. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for being with me today. It's been an absolute honor to have you on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. And you know, I love spending time with you. So <laughs> it's <just> great. <laughs> the feeling's mutual. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Enhanced Living Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach me directly at enhancedliving.net. Thanks for listening.